God bless you, God bless you, God bless you, people of God. Welcome again to another wonderful episode of CBT Change by Truth. I'm your host, Minister DK. In this episode, we're going to be on a relaxed mode because I got something I want to share with you in a different format to get within your heart and your mind. Hey, listen, let me ask you this question. Have you ever considered that when it comes down to you walking with God and fulfilling the purpose of God on your life, you know, doing the things that you are purposed to do, anointed to do, called to do, have you ever thought and wondered and realized that the thing that really stops you from doing the work that God has commanded for you to do. It's not the devil. It's not demons. It's not haters. No, it's not none of those. But the real thing, if you're honest, the real thing that stops you from doing what God has called you to do, that thing is you. And not just you, but the way that you see The most horrible conviction and the heaviest secret that you can carry in life is the thing that nobody knows but yourself. And many other times because we love and we serve and we worship a holy God, it is the very things that we carry within our heart that give us the perceptions to see ourselves, that causes us to turn away from what we know concerning who we are. Consequently, people of God, what we know and see about ourselves does not turn God away. What we see and know about ourselves does not surprise God or offend God because the things that we know and we see about ourselves is the reason why God died for you so he could belong to you and you can belong to him. See, if God covered your sin, your mistakes and your failures, then you've got to get past you so you can understand you in spite of you so you can fulfill the greatness that God has assigned to you. So open your heart, grab your faith and stay tuned on this episode of CBT I've got some new stuff for you in a new format and we're going to talk and share something that by the time we get finished with this episode, you're going to be walking in such a level of darkness of truth about yourself, not in conviction or not condemnation, but you're going to be walking in that darkness so God can reveal the light of his glory in your life. God bless you. God bless you. Stay tuned. CBT Changed by Truth. I'll be right back. Listen to this reading entitled, In Spite of Myself. Thank you, God. Jesus knows me in spite of myself. 
constantly calling me and using me in spite of myself. Jesus loved me from the beginning all by himself. He knew I would never experience true love because of the issues within myself. Jesus redeemed me with his blood from the judgment of death. He had to have seen something in me to save me for himself. In spite of myself, Jesus forgives me daily for being myself. And regardless of the failures or the mistakes that I make, Jesus keeps touching lives through me for the glory of his namesake. In spite of myself and the issues that I have, Jesus keeps moving within me with the power that he has. In spite of myself, Jesus loved me to death. And that's why I know he forgives you when you can't forgive yourself. Think about that, people of God. And we'll be right back. Well, welcome back to CPT Changed by Truth. I'm your host, Minister DK, and I am ecstatic, excited, and delighted to be here with you again to share with the people of God something fabulous from the heart of God. Hey, I hope you enjoyed that reading. That is a reading that is from one of the books I wrote entitled Divine Insights. Um inspirations, and I just felt it to be suiting to read that writing. You know, sometimes in your life when you're in different places, God will deal with you according to where you are, and he has the ability to capture your heart at a moment in your life where you're there, but you're not in your life. Sometimes God would allow you to be in your life And to step outside your life and see you in your life for you to realize that that's not the life that he has for you. And in that writing entitled In Spite of Myself, God allowed me to see that the things that I see concerning who I used to be and still even who I may be today. He loves me regardless. And that's going to lead up to the episode in this podcast today that I want to talk about. Pickable, do you see you? (laughs) Did you hear what I said? Pickable, do you see you? Because it's important, people of God, that if you're going to do anything with God to change lives, to inspire someone, to help the spirit of God change somebody's life to bring healing and restoration and deliverance, bring them to a new expectation in their faith. If you're going to do any of that, you have to make sure above all things that you have seen you in the worst of you, the best of you, but most all the truth of who you are, because there will come a day where you will be looking and helping someone and you will end up seeing the worst of you in the person that you're trying to help bring out of a place that you used to be in. So I'm going to pray and then we're going to get into this lesson. Father, we thank you tonight for who you are. There's really nothing that we can say, God, but thank you. For when we turned away from you, you did not turn away from us. 
When we had no faith in you, God, you still had faith in us. When we left you, God, you stayed steadfast and you remained faithful until we came to our senses and returned back to the place that you would meet us at. We thank you tonight for unconditional love. We thank you tonight, God, that you're faithful, God, and that nothing catches you by surprise. And even the things that we know concerning ourselves, God, mm, it doesn't shake you. Help us to hear this truth tonight, God. Help someone to get free tonight and to get healed by the power, God, of your love and your love alone. And we give you glory, honor, and praise in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Like I said, Pickaboo, do you see you? That is the basis of what I want to talk about tonight. So, I guess I could ask you this. Where are you in your life right now? Are you happy where you are? Are you satisfied? Do you want more? Are you believing God for more? And if you believe in God for more, what does that look like when you're believing God for more? Watch this. Not that God's going to give you more, but you have to go get the more that you believe in God for. And the more that you're believing God for is already stored up inside of you. And because the thing that you believe in God for is inside of you, you have to have enough courage to face the real you. To get what God's promised you. You know, as I was thinking about this episode and the poem or the writing that I read to you uh, in the post the pre-introduction to this thing in spite of myself. When we look at what God has done for the believers, it's really amazing. You know, I think about it. The Bible says that in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever shall believe on him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Did you hear that? The all time John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever shall believeth on Jesus Christ shall not perish, but have everlasting life. The gift of everlasting life, people of God, that you have received when you got saved, that gift came through not love, but the Bible declares a so loved love. What does that mean? That means that you can love someone and that's wonderful. And many of us use the word love when it comes down to connecting to a person or doing something or feeling emotional to a person. So we say, I love you. But if you're honest about it, how many times have you declared that you love someone and you really feel good about them and you embrace them with a love. And when they do something that you don't like or they cross you the wrong way or they let you down or they forsake you or they double stab you in the back. How many times have the love that you declared disappeared out of your heart? Think about it. How many times has that love disappeared? Well, that's possible to happen because we are human beings and we love most of the time with the love that we can understand. But the Bible says God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He so loved. When, when you so love an individual, 
the power to that love is it rests on the word so. So let me give it to you in a way you can understand. When you were in your worst condition and before you got saved, when you was ate up with sin and you were not loving God, seeking God, you wasn't even wanting God because you was in a place in your life where you was enjoying you and you was enjoying you so much until you didn't bother you because of the darkness that you were surrounded in didn't allow you to see the truth about you. Many of us in that state and time were headed to hell on the A train, feeling good, getting high, sex and drugging, lying, whatever we were doing, we were doing it with no conviction. And Christ looked at you with his holy, righteous, pure, loving self. He looked at you and I and I messed up. Oh, God, sinful state. And even though we were out of place and we were not looking for God, we deserve to die. We deserve to go and to get the benefit of what we were choosing to do in life. We deserved condemnation. The Bible says that he said, I so loved them. God so loved us. That means that when the devil would uh, persecute you and he would tell God that they really are drug addicts, they really are liars, they, they really are whoremongers, they really are adulterers and fornicators, they really are liars. The devil was telling the truth about you and I. But every time he would tell the truth about our wickedness and our sin, our folly and our defaults, our depravities, God would look at the devil. And even though the devil was telling the truth, God would say, so I love them. But they're a liar. So I love them. But they cheat and they steal. So I love them. Do you understand you can't do nothing with an individual who has a so loved love for an individual? Uh, it's deeper than just love. When you so love someone, you, 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 you love them, here we go, in spite of who they really are. <laughs> yes. And you love them in spite of who they really are. So now if you take a moment and just think about do you love people because of what you see and that it pleases you? It makes you feel good. You're emotional. Or do you love the person for what you really see and your heart still bleeds that they would come out of that place? Well, in this episode, we're dealing with the truth about the real you. You know, when I think about it, it goes back to the Garden of Eden. And Adam and Eve now were created by God in the image of God uh, and after the likeness of God himself. They, you couldn't get more perfect and godlier than Adam and Eve were before the fall. They were the very prototype of the Godhead. And God placed them in the garden and told them everything they needed was provided in the garden and God would come down and walk with them in the cool of the day with Adam and talk with him and they would share, oh God, life and the mysteries of God and the majesty of God and the future of life was shared between God and Adam as they walked through now 
the fellowship of man and God. Now watch this. Even as they were walking through the fellowship of man and God, Adam now, his eyes were closed. He was blinded in the love of God. A, a, a grown man with a body, spirit and soul now. But his eyes of the natural were closed. He, he walked in the spirit of God. Even though his eyes naturally did not perceive anything, the power of the existence of his relationship with God showed him and revealed everything that he needed to know concerning his purpose in life. Do you realize that many of us can't see what God sees because we're not walking in the purpose of God where your spirit comes alive? And as Adam walked with God, it would come to be one day that Eve now would get curious about some type of fruit that was on a tree that they were forbidden to eat from. Bible records that the serpent beguiled her and talked to her concerning what he would present to her to be the reason why God did not want them to eat from that tree. And after he got finished making love to the ears and the faith of Eve corrupting Oh, God, the righteousness of the law inside of her heart. He she became curious, the Bible declares, and she took the fruit that was forbidden and she partook of it and she ate. Gave it to her husband, the Bible records, that was with her at that moment. When they ate this fruit together, the Bible records that they came to a place where hmm, their eyes opened. And it's recorded in Genesis chapter three, verse uh, number seven. Then the eyes of both of them were opened. And they realized they were. Naked. I want to deal with that. They realized. Perceived. Came to an understanding came to a level of awareness, perception, vision, sight, acknowledgement. They realized they were naked. Now, I want you to understand this. Uh, they've been in the garden for a while now walking with God in the same state of nakedness that they now were coming to be aware of. Bible says that when they realized they were naked, they became ashamed and they sold fig leaves and they hid themselves amongst the trees in the garden. They began to, oh God, live a life now where uh, they was living in the shades of their consciousness. They were living in a state of awareness uh, of themselves and they become dull to the consciousness and relationship of their uh, walk with God. What this says is that there is a state and a depth of relationship that a man or a woman of God can walk in with God while you're messed up, while you have issues, 
while you're broken, while you're wavered. You can walk with God and be blinded by the relationship you have with God so much so until you're not conscious of your external awareness because of your spiritual relationship with God. But when they saw themselves and became aware of their nakedness, it changed the game for Adam and Eve. You, you have to understand this. I, I want to I wanna share with you the definition of the word naked. It, it, it comes from uh, a Greek word, aram, which means to be shrewd or crafty. To be shrewd or crafty. Adam and Eve became aware when they opened their eyes to the reality of who they really were outside of God, that they could be shrewd and crafty. Now watch this. They had been walking with God the whole time in that same state, but in a different spirit of relationship. See, you can't walk with anybody in the flesh and walk with your own consciousness and a naked individual as a naked individual and walk with God and feel good about yourself. It's only your walk with God that will bring you to a revelation about your craftiness and your shrewdness. That's why many people who are not saved, they find it hard to come to the house of God. They find it hard to stand in front of the presence of the word of God when it's spoken because of now they have no relationship with God. And so they're aware now of their craftiness, their sin, their folly, their darkness. They're aware of their brokenness. They're aware of their shortcomings only because their nakedness outside of God condemns them. And you can live with a level of condemnation so long. Watch this until you don't want to see yourself anymore. Oh, glory to God. The same nakedness they had before they opened their eyes is the same nakedness they had after they opened their eyes. The difference is, who are you walking with? Because if you're not walking with someone who can give you a revelation about who you are, oh God, within your defaults and your sin, then it's hard for you now to fulfill the purpose of God because you have not Mm, confess to the truth about your nakedness. Glory to God. They looked at one another and they could not handle what they had been living in and walking in with God the whole time in the garden. <laughs> Put your hand or your finger on your mind and say, I've, I've got to get out of my mind, it, it, it's, it's the way of thinking. It's the way you process things that causes you not to see yourself the way God sees you. They hid. God came down in the garden and called and said, Adam, where art thou? Adam said, 
I heard you coming and and I I was naked and ashamed. And so I I hid myself from thee. The Lord asked him a question. He said, who told you that you were naked? Watch this. God said, who told you that you were naked? Who, who told you that you were naked? Because uh, I've been walking with you in the cool of the garden for for a long time now, and I'll walk with you and didn't tell you your, your real state. I'll walk with you and didn't tell you what you used to be. I'll walk with you and didn't tell you about the history of your past and the sins in your life. God said, I'll walk with you because when I walk with you, regardless of your state of nakedness, when I walk with you, I perfect you for what I've called you to do. So even though your state of nakedness is there, as long as you walk with me, I bring you to a state of perfect death. And many of you listening to me under the sound of my voice has not came to a place where you can walk in the purpose and the calling of your life simply because you're listening to someone who told you about the real you. They told you about your nakedness. They told you about your craftiness and your shrewdness. They told you that you could never be nothing. They told you uh, you would always be a failure. They told you that you've come to the end of your road. They told you you're going to be just like your mom or your dad. They told you, you you'd never graduate. They told you that you'd always be a failure and you'd never become nothing. Somebody told you about the real you, but they didn't tell you about the God who created the you that you are. They didn't tell you that all of your craftiness and shrewdness, when you begin to walk with God, he gives you revelation about that stuff and brings you into a powerful place because of your nakedness. They didn't tell you that. Let, let, let me prove it to you another way. That, that your shrewdness and your craftiness, your sin and your nakedness works for the glory of God once you begin to trust God and walk with God. There was a time in the Bible where Jesus was with his disciples. And he told Peter, the devil desires to shift you, to sift you as wheat. He told Peter that, people of God. Now, Peter was... Peter was a different kind of disciple because Peter, Peter was, <laughs> Peter was from the east side. He, he didn't care. He spoke his mind. He, he, he had inner issues for real. And I can relate because Peter was so hot headed, but he, he still understood that he loved God. And God told him, Christ told him that the devil desires to sift you as wheat. But then Christ said, I'm, just, I'm praying for you that your faith Oh, God, don't fail you. What was Christ telling him? He was telling him, Peter, the, the devil wants you. Mm, because you got a lot of nakedness about you. There's a lot of issues in you. You, 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 you walk sideways even though you walk with me, even though you love me, Peter. You walk sideways with me because you're keeping your eye on me and what you like yourself. You, you are a different type of uh, individual, but the devil desires to sift you. Now, when I read that, people of God, I said, Lord, well, why, if Peter's walking with Christ and he's a disciple called by God, 
picked by Christ himself uh, to be fishermen of men. Why would the devil want someone, oh God, who, who is walking with Christ, called by Christ? God began to reveal to me that he doesn't want Peter. He, he wants to sift Peter. What that means is that in the old days, they would bring wheat into the barn and, and the animals would trot on top of them and sift them, which means they would break away the wheat from the trash. They would separate it so they could collect the wheat and then separate it from the trash that it was connected to. And I said, well, God, if, if that be the case, why does the devil want the wheat, which represents the fruit? It represents the glory. It represents the new life. The goodness of Peter. Why does he want the goodness of Peter? The Lord said he doesn't want the goodness of Peter. He doesn't want anything that's good. Because you cannot corrupt what God has created. He doesn't want that. I said, well, what does he want then? He said he wants the trash in Peter's life. <laughs> this, is, this is where it got interesting, people of God. He said Satan wants to sift him, to separate Peter's trash from the wheat. I still didn't understand what God was saying. The reason why God said he wants to separate the he wants to separate the trash from the wheat is because Satan wants to convict us about our trash, our sin, our nakedness, our craftiness, our shrewdness. He wants to make you feel bad about the things you do, bad about the dark places you go, bad about your failures. He wants to make you feel bad about the trash in your life before you get a revelation about the trash in your life. Because if you ever get a revelation about the garbage in your life, that becomes power not to save others who are living in the same garbage. Glory to God. So now we have people in the church and walking around saying they're full of the Holy Ghost shouting and running, but yet they're happy about the wheat that belongs to God, the glory of God, but they'll turn their back and they'll put their head down if you ask them about their trash. Because when a person has not had the revelation of the trash, the darkness, the nakedness, the shrewdness in their life, that means they cannot look at you because they have not considered and dealt with themselves. And a person like that walks now in a low percentage of the anointing and the power that God can use them for. Because in their ear, they can't hear God telling them that I have faith, that I am praying that your faith fail not. That's what he told Peter. I'm praying, Peter, that your faith fail not when the devil desires to sift you. I'm praying that when you see the trash in your life, that you still believe that I love you. When you see the garbage in your life, you still believe you have value. I don't care how much you're sinning. If you're sinning, that means you still have the ability when you make the choice to be a winner. Your people are still listening to the person that told them they're, uh, they're naked. <laughs> Pick a boo. Have you seen you? It's important to look, oh God, at yourself. It's important. People of God, it's it's important. He told Peter, he told Peter, he told Peter, he said, I'm praying for you that your faith don't fail. Because many of the time, the people of God, when you see and consider the real you that you know that's inside of you that you struggle with, you 
find it hard to believe that God can use somebody who's naked. (laughs) But I got news for you. He can. He will. He died for that purpose. God told Peter this as a forewarning. You hear me? He told Peter this as a forewarning that something else was coming. That I hope your faith does not fail. And when that time came, it's when God told Peter, Christ told Peter, he said before Peter said, Lord, I'm going with you to the grave, to the prison, wherever you go, you go. If you die, I die. Peter said, I pledge my life to you. I want to walk with you. I want to do everything with you. I want to be with you. I, I live for you and die for you. And Jesus looked at Peter. Watch this. Jesus looked at Peter. Watch this. Pickaboo, have you seen you? Jesus, the Holy One of God, looked at Peter and his unrighteous self, knowing the truth, not listening to what Peter was saying about he'll go everywhere with him. Christ looked at him and could see his nakedness and told Peter, before the night ends, before the cry, before the, the, the cock crows three times, you would have denied me. Three times before. Uh, The third crow. Before the cock crows. This night you would have denied me three times. Do you see that? Do you see that God could see uh, the craftiness in Peter? But knew that Peter had wheat for the kingdom of God and trash to evangelize. And as the night went on, Christ got arrested, brought in for questioning, and the people were going crazy, and somebody ran up to Peter and said, aren't you one of his disciples? And Peter said, no, you got me mistaken. I'm not one of his disciples. What's wrong with you? Because he was afraid for his own life. Because at that time, if you was connected now to Christ, that night you, you were on America's most wanted list. And Peter was as bad as he was. He he didn't he wasn't ready to die, although he said he would go with him to the grave and he denied Christ one time. And he went on that night and somebody else said, hey, hey, uh, you were with him. You walk with the demand of God that they're crucifying. Peter said, what is wrong with y'all people? Y'all y'all crazy. I, I, I wasn't with him. I, I ain't no disciple. He he denied him twice. Christ looked at Peter and said, before the cock crows, you would have denied me three times. That's number two that he denied him. What's beautiful about this is, is that Peter have denied Christ twice, but has not recognized it himself. God help me. Uh, Peter has denied Christ twice but has not seen himself in the ugliness of himself, has not seen that he has lied to the Savior earlier that night by saying, I'll go with you to the grave. I'll go with you to the death, to the prison. He told and testified this to Christ, but has denied him twice now and has not recognized himself. Do you understand what I'm telling you? Many of us now, 
have not come to the place where we understand who we are because we would not be honest with ourselves. And when you can't be honest with yourself about the trash in your life, when you do not allow the sifting process to separate your garbage so you can become more aware of your weakness than your strengths, you have the ability to stand up in the house of God in front of the people of God and lie, not because you're not telling the truth. You will lie because you won't. You won't tell the truth about the truth that you know about who you really are. And the third time somebody identified him and he denied Christ the third time. And he heard the rooster crow. Now, when the rooster crowed, people of God, uh, the rooster crows, as far as I'm concerned, for two reasons. For one, they're showing their territory dominance about their, the pen, the area, uh, their, 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 their home that they stay in. They're letting you know that I'm the man. So they'll crow. The other reason why they will crow is because it is now the rising of the sun, the setting of the day. It begins the making of a new day. The third time that Peter denied Christ. He stopped when he heard uh, the rooster crow because it represents a spiritual awakening or alarm clock in his soul. And that's when he saw God help me himself. When he saw himself, Peter took off. He was gone. He left because his faith was shaken about who he really was. You see that he he had been with God in the house of God, walking with God, chopped the man's ear off at the last supper. He had been testifying to God, but he had never been honest with himself about who he was. And Christ knew exactly who he was. See, this is my point, people of God. You don't have to now run from yourself when Christ knows exactly what's inside of you. He knows exactly what hasn't been sifted out of you. He knows exactly what you're not aware of concerning you. But what we do is we let the enemy make us look at ourselves and convict us when God has been walking in the cool of your life with you your whole life. I pray you get this. Nakedness. Have, have you seen your nakedness? Have you owned your nakedness? Have you owned your craftiness and your shrewdness? Have you taken accountability of the weakness inside of you so you can stand up and walk with Christ and do what he has anointed you to do that's waiting inside of you? The next time we hear about Peter in the word of God, Peter was fishing on a boat. And Christ had rose from the dead and Jesus was walking on the shore. Peter was fishing in a boat. Watch this. Watch this. Peter was fishing naked. The Bible says Did you get that. He was fishing naked. Christ once told him, I will make you a fisherman of men. I will stop you from catching fish and you will catch men. But when Christ came back after the resurrection, he found Peter fishing for fish back in his old state 
and he found Peter fishing in his old state naked, meaning he was facing and dealing with his shrewdness and craftiness. Glory to God. And when Peter saw Christ, he grabbed his coat and jumped in the water, swam to Christ, excited. Because now I know exactly what I am and who I am. I know that I'm nothing but a filthy rag before you, God. And if you don't cover me, I don't want nobody else to cover me. Because if Christ covers you, that means he knows everything that, they, that you have to discover about you. People of God, I need you to hear me tonight and hear me well. In spite of yourself, God can move through you with the power that he has. In spite of yourself, there's nothing that you can do to set God off course because he loves you regardless of what you do. You have to own now your trash in your life. It is your trash that will draw people who are trashy, but it's your wheat that reminds God that there's value in you. And that's why he died, he died to save you. In spite of yourself, God loves you. Watch this. With the so loved love. That means regardless of what you do, when you do, how you do, how long you do, and with who you do it with, Christ says, so I love them. They belong to me. So I ask you tonight to consider all of the things that you know about you that ain't right, that's sinful, that's wayward, that's low, that's dirty and grimy, that's repetitive, that's addictive, that's broken, inoperable. Think about all the things in your life. All those things, once you go to the sifting process and you deal with your garbage, it makes you a kingdom warrior to expand the kingdom of God for all those people who are living in the state that God has now brought you out of. Is the blood on your hands for other people. Is the blood on your hands or other people? Will you own your nakedness? Can you walk in your nakedness with God while you're aware of who you are before you knew God and even now when you're with God? Because the anointing, the Bible says, doesn't rest on man all the times. Sometimes God would allow you to go back to your fishing state so he can remind you not of how dirty you can be, but he can remind you this, this, this day and time what it's like for somebody else who don't know God. Father, I bless you tonight and I give you the glory for who you are. I pray that this blesses somebody in spite of themselves. I pray that people listen to this with their heart, God, and realize that the enemy has told them they are naked, told them their state outside of God told them their state in their flesh, told them their state in their humanistical mind, but he did not tell them of the place that you have prepared at the table because you love them. God, I pray that they have the courage now 
to look at themselves and tell the devil, yes, I have a state of nakedness, but also tell the devil, yes, God will cover me uh, because I am naked. And let them walk in the power and the glory of who they are in you in the name of Jesus. Amen. But people of God, that's it. That's what I had. That's what I want to share with you tonight. Listen to me. It don't matter. As long as you know Christ loves you. There's nothing Satan can do or say. About who you are. Accept your sifting process. Become aware of your weakness and your trash. And God will use you to do great exploits and mighty works because you're not afraid to look at you in the life of someone else that you used to struggle in. Glory to God. Father, bless the people of God tonight. Cause them to stand up and realize you just didn't love us, God. But your Bible says, Father, that you so loved us that you gave your only begotten son. And he knows us from the end to the beginning. And I'm thankful that he can look and love me in any state that I'm in. Bless the people of God to accept the same God so they can stand up and walk in the power of God. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. Be blessed, people of God. Stay tuned. God's going to do great things. He's going to empower you and build you. And you're going to realize you can win and you can expand the kingdom because his kingdom is within you. In spite of yourself, Christ gave his life and loved you <laughs> to death. God bless you. God bless you. And God bless you.